Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place one in seven Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Sam, do you hear that? I hope Uh, you can hear it. That's me yesing, yes chanting. I'm yesing with my arms right now, and if I didn't care about my furniture i'd be smashing two beers together and chugging them stone cold style because buddy it is victory podcast time Woo! it is it has been almost a year since we've actually had a victory podcast here <laughs> in the town of perfectville but that's how it goes when you're tanking for two a hashtag and you are the miami dolphins and the citizens of perfectville uh, i don't know if we expected this day to come at this point in the season here chris i would be remiss if i didn't say that the welcome to perfectville podcast is part of the dolphins podcast network as well as the big heads media podcast network with that out of the way chris yes the miami dolphins one and seven last place but that one is the most recent game and of course it came against who chris the most hated vile indigenous pieces of shit you've ever seen in your life the dumpster fire of new jersey the new york jets adam gase is the head coach could it have been any better and well-written for a team, especially if like we have one win, two wins this year, man, that's the one you want. That is like when you're in line, there's five people in front of you and there's like, you know, like a buffet, you, you eyeball, you eyeball like one piece of chicken or one steak yes. and you're like, Jesus, nobody take that. Nobody take that. Fuck. And then you get to the last person and like they skip it and you're like, fuck. Yeah, that's my steak. I would have picked the Jets. Like that home game against Adam Gase, first game back, our first win. We can just shove all that shit, just all of it, just pile it down their throats to Jet fans who I hate more than anything in this world. <laughs> Holy shit, your first, our first victories against your shitty fucking team with Le'Veon Bell, with Sam Darnold, with the QB whisperer Adam Gase. We beat you, and it is beautiful, Sam. It really is beautiful. And you know what? I Look, we all had accepted our fate for this season. We did it before the season. As yes. soon as we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, Chris, you and I just pretty much said, well, this is the silly season, and whether they win or lose, they'll be entertaining. We'll have something to talk about virtually every single week. Uh, and that has that has been true. But you're right. If you're going to win a game, and I think every NFL fan base should be allowed to have the, the sweet taste of victory at least once a season. And if you're a Miami Doll fan or a citizen of Perfectville, the game you want to win is against your most hated rival, the New York Jets, especially, especially with Adam Gase as their head coach, because I got news for you. I don't think Adam Gase is going to be the head coach of the New York Jets for too much longer. Uh, So it's sweet to see that his homecoming, if you will, back to Miami. Uh, He has to leave feeling like, well, feeling how he's felt more times than not with the New York Jets, like a loser. Yeah, and one of the coolest things watching that game and rewatching it was – um, seeing the guys like Baker and McMillan, who, by the way, is having a very quietly amazing season. He's having a great season. PFF is just all over Raekwon McMillan. And uh, he forced that interception on an incredible 
delayed blitz or fill, whatever he did. His speed was incredible. I thought it was Baker until I saw the replay. And um, these guys came out and they were like, oh, we know Adam Gase. We know the screens. We know the quick calls, the quick passes, things like that. And we smothered them. We were all over them. We are getting pass rushes from guys you never heard of. Um, huge sacks from Needham, Needham. Nick Needham, Need- yeah. Yeah, you know, Darnold, he made Darnold need ice because he crushed him. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just a beautiful display of defensive football against Adam Gase, this quote-unquote QB whisperer, this protege, this offensive mind, this Sean McVay uh, type of guy. And he just came out with Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, and they just went, okay, I guess we're going to lose to the Dolphins. We're, and I'll say this, Sam, and preface with it, I pride myself in being pretty knowledgeable about a roster and where they come from, who they are. There's times like it's so odd, Sam. This is the first season in really ever since I really actually paid attention and cared where like they'll show our starters. And I'm like, who the fuck are like 80 percent of those guys? Like I have no idea who any of these guys are, what number they are, what college they went to, things I normally knew on just a daily basis where I'm like, who the fuck just made that play? That was a good play. Oh, Wilts. Uh, good play, Wilts. Who the fuck is Wilts? You know, you're just like, whatever. But we did that. We beat Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, and Robbie Anderson with those guys. So kudos to Brian Flores on his first win, doing it at home as well. Um, the guys were pumped, and, and and it's weird. Like you said, we, we kind of knew coming into this what the kind of season was going to be, but you don't want to lose every game. And if we're going to get one <laughs> win, goddamn, I'm glad it's the Jets. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there, there's not a team that we despise more as Miami Dolphins than – uh, the New York Jets. And you're right. I mean, half the people that are on the field for the Miami Dolphins this week, I'm like, I think we signed them on Thursday. I have no idea who these guys are. Meanwhile, the names that you know, like Kenny Stills is killing it with the Houston Texans. Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. is killing it as the starter for the Tennessee Titans. Kenny Drake's <laughs> getting 100 yards for the Arizona Cardinals. And then you've got Matt Moore. Matt freaking Moore, of all people, the backup quarterback for the Miami Dolphins for like the last decade, killing it with the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, you have all the former Finns out there just doing it, and then the current Finns apparently just doing it against the New York Jets, but we don't know who any of these guys are anymore. Um, I will say this. We're going to talk a lot about this on this episode of Perfectville. This Jets victory, if you want to call it that, this Dolphins victory over the Jets, I should say, uh, as good as it feels, may have cost us everything. And that means yeah. our future franchise quarterback. That means our current wide receiver, who's just been a rookie stud, uh, as well as maybe a contributing piece when it comes to being our, our running back uh, tandem or trio or group of the future. We'll talk a little bit more about that. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we will clue you in. But we're not going to get to the bad stuff yet. We're not going to get to the stuff that makes us miserable. We're going to talk about the stuff that makes us happy right now, Chris, and uh, beating the New York Jets and and seeing this team in general. Um, I named one of our podcasts recently, Chris, I named it uh, Progress, right? The progress, the progression mm. of regression, I believe is what I called it. But if you look at week one till now, I mean, week one, we lost the game uh, basically before the end of the first quarter. Week two, we made it competitive against the Patriots in the first half, even though we didn't score a point, ultimately got blown out. Week three, you know, we again made it competitive against the Cowboys, and then we started getting a lead against the Chargers, and then we had a lead at halftime against, like, the Bills, and then we had a, a, a lead into the third quarter against the – actually into the fourth quarter against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now we actually win a game. This team is literally growing up in front of yeah. our eyes with this coaching staff and with this young group of, of professional football players. I don't know if I've ever been able to, and I'm not like an X's and O's guy to the point where I can say, yes, you know, this guy's three technique is better for this week from last, but as a collective unit, both offense, defense, and special teams, 
I don't know if I've ever seen a team, and not just a Miami Dolphins team, but a football team, progress week to week like this at the NFL level like I have with this Miami Dolphins team here in 2019. Well, I think the thing about progression, too, that you talk about, and it makes it even more um, exciting and different and unique, is that we're a bad football team that's progressing. Like, it's not like the Ravens got a slow start and all of a sudden they won eight straight. Like, this is a team that should and is badly put together. There's injuries. Xavier Howard's on IR. Rashad Jones has a mystery injury, keeping him out every week. Um, it, we lost Kilgore, and we have guys I've never even heard of before playing left tackle, and they're getting better. And it's like, how is that possible? You'd think we'd be just like getting just drubbed like by 50 points every week. And I think that's a huge, huge check mark for Brian Flores and his coaching staff. And what they're doing is they're demanding excellence regardless of who you are. When Vince Beagle is leading your team in like pass rushing efficiency, and he's a guy you got basically a bag of chips when we traded Alonzo, uh, Kiko Alonzo to get rid of him. You know, these guys are getting an opportunity, and I think it's disgusting, honestly disgusting when Steve Young and these guys are coming out and, uh, you know, salty ass, uh, whatever Lewis Riddick, uh, cause he didn't get the GM job, just shitting all over the dolphins for quote unquote, putting these guys in danger and this and that for not putting a competitive team uh, on the field. Meanwhile, we're beating the jets with all these superstars that I've named earlier, bell, Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Jamal Adams. They're losing to these hapless Miami dolphins. Are they doing the same thing? Are they being held accountable? Here's the thing. The Miami dolphins are giving guys like Vince Beagle a chance to play and put actual real tape against actual real starting linemen and running backs and quarterbacks in the NFL. We're doing them a service, and they're getting better. Like you said, they're progressing. Brian Flores got a Gatorade bath on Sunday, and he fully deserved it. Yeah. The guy is if – you, if you look at his speech afterwards, Ross gave him the game ball. He is just like, you know, we fight. This is what we do. Let's do it again. This isn't the first time this is going to – the last time this is going to happen. Like we are here, and we're going to get better. And he demands excellence the way he like pulled Wilkins out of the game as a rookie. Um, you know, when he will help us. He is like literally the top – defensive tackle rookie and tackles with 28 eighth overall in the entire league and he gets in trouble or gets a penalty he's yanked yeah. he's yanked and our buddy travis wingfield was at the game sunday I, I read his twitter before the game he said the differences in pre-game um discipline and structure and organization was lights out different between our guys who had structured pods that were doing things and they moved to individuals and they had groups things like that and the jets players just kind of meandered out of the locker room at random times and did random things to warm up the structures there with flores and to see them progress with this type of roster that's literally cobwebs is really inspiring well and that's the thing i don't know if it is cobwebs anymore i mean we, we've talked a lot about that we've joked a lot about that but uh you know we've been doing this thing here on this podcast here which we call fin or finished and uh, you just mentioned the guy that i wanted to talk about there chris uh mr beagle himself now this guy, this gentleman, this linebacker, this scholar, this this amazing individual, uh, was not a Miami Dolphin until very, very late into the offseason, or well, into the into the uh, preseason, if you want to call it that, for the Miami Dolphins. As you said, picked up from the New Orleans Saints for Kiko Alonso and a bag of chips, and we didn't expect much. I think we made fun of him on Twitter. We also made fun of him on this podcast. This guy has been <laughs> nothing but short of 
of just an amazing player. And maybe our expectations were low, and he's obviously exceeded those. But to me, this smacks of, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it, the Patriot way. You trade a name, mm. you trade high, you know something that nobody else knows, which is Kiko Alonso is pretty much done in this league. You get what you can for him, and you get a what like a fifth-round draft pick. And, oh, by the way, we see a guy who, if he's given an opportunity, can be not only a, a player uh, on the roster, but a contributing player on the roster in Vince Beagle. And this guy has taken the opportunity that was given to him, in my opinion, and ran with it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Chris, on Vince Beagle? Is he a Finn in 2020, or is he finished after 2019 with the Miami Dolphins? No, I think he's definitely a Finn. you got to keep this guy because it's like um, one of those things where you get a guy, and this is where football's so funny, and I see it as a coach, and, and you mentioned it. You get these guys. You can get the superstars, of course, the the big-time guys, the Antonio Browns and the Le'Veon Bells and stuff like that. But if you bring on guys that just – want to fucking play, want to be there and take every single snap and every single practice rep seriously, like dead seriously, because they know what it's like to be almost out of the league or not wanted or or cut and things like that. Like those guys you bring on, they're going to just play their life for you. And if you do that, you bring those types of guys on and you build a roster that way. You, you said it, it's the New England way. Who's the freaking guy? I, I, I think it's – I keep in my brain it's Van Noy. It's not Van Noy. There's another – uh, pass rusher that the New England has had for like the last eight years. He was on our roster and did nothing with us. And they signed him and he just dominates us. Every every time we play him, he's dominating in the NFL. He plays defensive end. Uh, white guy. I, I, I can't remember his name for the life of me, Sam. And I'm trying to Google it. My internet's not working and I'm trying to think of it. But we, they picked him up and like they just like put him in there like, hey, do you want to try to play? Here you go. And he's like, sure, I'm going to dominate because I don't want to go be an accountant. And those types of guys um, are the guys you want to bring on. And, and Beagle reminds me of that. He's a guy that like was on the Saints, traded for bag chips. He knows it. He played at Wisconsin in college. You know, a real good school for linebackers that came out of there, prestigious. And he gets this opportunity where the Saints, a really good team, told him basically, "Dude, you're worth nothing to us. We're going to get old ass Kiko Alonso, not even start him. Go play for Miami. You know, the the tanking team." And he's like, "Oh no! Every opportunity I get, I'm going to fucking earn my chance here and play in the NFL." And he's done that, and he's taken the reins. I think he's totally on this team next year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's already shown enough here that you know, even if he were to get injured tomorrow or something, his, his spot is well, maybe not, maybe not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination. But he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's going to be on this roster for a very, very, very long time. Uh, are you talking about Chase Winovich? Vinovich? Is that who you're talking about? No, he's a rookie. I'm, I'm, it's the um, and he might not even be on the team anymore. But he. He was for a while and had that, and it's not Van Noy. He had a different last name. People are going to be cra- going crazy right now. Of Jesus Christ, I, I don't know. I'm trying to Google it and it's not working. No, uh, I, he was I, on I our have, team. I have no idea. I, I, I'm thinking of like Leighton Vanderesh, but I think that's uh, he was on the on the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. So I have no idea who you're it talking starts about. Uh, starts with an N. Starts with an N. Oh, let's just go through there. I've got the whole roster for the. Stupid, disgusting uh, Nate Ebner. Is it Nate Ebner? No, he's no. And, I, and looking at it, I don't think he's on the team anymore. Well, that um, makes it very he might difficult. Reti- might have retired. Um, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this is this is. Are you talking about Rob <laughs> Ninkovich? Yes, thank oh. you, Rob Ninkovich. Started with that. He was on our team, was he not? Yes, he was. 
Yes, yes. he was. For and, a very, and, and for he did nothing for us. Yeah, he did nothing for us. And and it's like he finally goes and he's um in New England. He's fifth round pick. He goes to New England and all of a sudden he's a fucking stud and killing it for him. And it's like those type of guys. He's the he left the Miami Dolphins with the New England and he like made a name for himself. And that's the kind of guy that I see in uh in Beagle. Well, Thank there you, you go. So, no, I agree. I think he's a Finn in 2020 as long as he wants to be here. This is a guy that you know uh, might end up making himself – I don't know if he's going to be an every-down backer, but he's going to make himself contributor uh, contributor on special teams. He's one of those guys that, like, you know, Bill Belichick will eventually draw up, like, a touchdown play for him as, as he lines up as, like, a fullback or something like that, you know? I, I just think right. it was a very shrewd decision by Chris Greer and this coaching staff to go get him, especially when Kiko Alonso has done absolutely nothing for the New England pa- – or, uh, for, well, not for the New England Patriots either, but for uh, – the New Orleans Saints. So uh, I agree with you. I think Vince Beagle is going to be a Finn in uh, 2020, which means he is joining the cast of uh, Preston Williams and possibly Josh Rosen, which I might, I think I got that one wrong. I don't know if Josh Rosen is going to be a Finn in 2020 uh, based on what we're seeing now, which is not much of Josh Rosen. Uh, but before we go to the commercial break here, Chris, uh, I do want to talk about somebody because we talked about Christian Wilkins being a very uh, stout defensive rookie, despite maybe some issues on the field, um, possibly going to be uh, a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I firmly believe that Preston Williams, our wide receiver who um, tore his ACL in this victory against the mm. New York Jets and is now out for the season um, was possibly going to be at least in the discussion for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, I'm willing to bet that this is already locked up by Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. However, I, I think he would have at least had some garnered some discussion because as I watched the broadcast of these Miami Dolphins game, Preston Williams all of a sudden was getting a lot of publicity. He was yes. getting a lot of targets as a rookie. He was getting a lot of catches. He was becoming a favorite target of Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, and the quarterbacks for the Miami Dolphins. He was starting to get some of that national attention, before, and especially in this game where he had two touchdowns and looked like a stud before he tears his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. What does this look like for Preston Williams going into 2020? I mean, uh, the timeline I've always seen or felt for ACL is about a year before they're able to get back onto the field, which means he's about halfway through next season before we may see him again. Now, that seems that timeline seems to have shortened over the last few years, but as a wide receiver, especially a big guy who's going to have a lot of pressure on his knee, uh, what do you think the rehab realistically looks like for Preston Williams, and is he a starter for the Miami Dolphins next year in 2020? When healthy, he's a starter. Like I, I think he should be. He's earned that right. Like you said, the catches he makes, yes, he's got some rookie drops and mistakes, but those are things that you can work with and work on and get better at. This is something where this is a guy we have to count on. He's cheap. He's undrafted. Yeah. Um, and, and he's coming off an injury, so he has no really room to ask for a contract. So we keep him on the roster, and when he's healthy, maybe you can do that like six- or eight-week uh, type of IR and bring him back later. But he's definitely a guy that I see in our starting lineup, and he's, um, I think, making Parker play better. I think he compliments Parker very well, and I think Parker likes playing next to him. I'm interested to see what Devontae Parker is going to do uh, now that Preston Williams is gone and Devontae Parker now becomes the focal point for the wide receivers. I mean, we really haven't seen much out of Albert Wilson. Jakeem Grant, I think he's shrunk even further somehow. I'm not sure how that's possible. Um, really, the second target now uh, seems to be Mike Gesicki, which, uh, look, Mike Gesicki's played well against the Jets. And again, we sound excited because we beat the Jets, and we're happy we beat the Jets. We do have to keep this in perspective, though, Chris. We beat the Jets. So uh, even the XFL said congratulations to the Miami Dolphins, and we're not going to talk crap about the Jets because they might be playing in our league in a couple of weeks. I mean, when the XFL is talking (laughs) shit about you, you know you're a bad team. 
and that's what the Jets are. So we are trying to keep this somewhat in perspective because the Miami Dolphins do have a big test against the Indianapolis Colts 5-3 and three coming up this next week. We'll talk about that here just a little bit. But before we do that, Chris, we do want to talk a little bit more about the players that are on the team currently. Preston Williams, as we said, torn ACL out for the season. Such a shame. Uh, he was on pace for over 800 yes. yards. He uh, was going to get about 60 catches or so and may have even seen more because it seems like they were relying on him more over the last couple of weeks. But uh, such a shame to see his rookie season go down. But I'm happy to see that the hype that we saw in training camp and, and even before that in mini camp that went into preseason and has now parlayed itself into actual production for this Miami Dolphins team. I'm sad to see him go. He's one of the lone bright spots, one of the one of the few uh, sparks that I look forward to watching as an individual contributor on the Miami Dolphins week in and week out of this 1-7 and seven season. Um, just a shame to see him go. But on top of that, uh, the guy that we like to make fun of a lot, uh, the guy who's got more appearances on cops than actual cops, <laughs> uh, Mark Walton, uh, wouldn't you know it, we trade Kenyon Drake, and uh, it turns out, Chris, if you give Kenyon Drake the ball, as Arizona, uh, the Arizona Cardinals showed us, he can be pretty good. Um, we weren't doing that with, for, the, for, for the Miami Dolphins. We trade him. Yeah. We have Mark Walton as our starting running back over Kalen Balaj and others. Mark Walton shows some things finally, and it looks like, okay, cool. I'm not going to make fun of this guy anymore. He seems to be contributing. Bam, four-game suspension for those 75 arrests he had in 75 hours this offseason and last year with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it, it's tough to see, and it's one of those things where you're like, now, really, NFL? Like, what took so long? Like, it, It's very odd to me. It, he was cleared from most or all of those, if I understand right, that he's now all of a sudden getting um, a suspension because uh, at first a lot of people were tweeting that it was for substance abuse. Right. And and then they're coming back, and Barry Jackson has said, and others have said that it's for the arrest that already happened. So uh, getting four games for that is pretty interesting. It's It's one of those things that – Makes me think. I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not putting a tinfoil hat on, but it is funny. It's like maybe the NFL is finally ready for the Miami Dolphins to be relevant again, and they're like, we need to help them with this tanking venture. So let's just fucking – they just traded Drake. Let's suspend Mark Walton. But uh, here we are now. Kalen Balaj is our starting running back, uh, and he's averaging two yards a carry. So <laughs> He's averaging here we two are. yards he, a year. I mean that – he's. The, he said he had nothing to prove today. Did you, did you see that? Like he said, he, he he's got nothing to prove. He's excited to go out there. And it's like, yeah, you do. You had like one good run against the Vikings a year ago. You have a lot to prove. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Kalen Balaj, but I'll ask you this here, Chris. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Uh, nope. Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Mm, I like cash. Yeah, well, between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than my bookie. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Free money, Chris. Cash money. Mm. Just use promo codes LATEFEES. That's right, LATEFEES to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LATEFEES to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get 
Hey. Hey there. Are you a college football fan? Well, I'm Andre Cherry, and on my show, the Cherry Picking Podcast, I dive deep into the world of college football during each week of the season. For the past nine seasons, fans have come to my site, cherrypickingsports.com, to hear my college football analysis and game-winning predictions for each week of the season. The Cherry Picking Podcast is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network and can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure you click the subscribe button today. Well, Chris, as you uh, as you know, uh, we've been out for a couple of weeks here for a number of reasons. Number one, you broke your jaw. Your jaw just fell out and fell Pretty off, much. and we've been walking around for three weeks trying to find your jaw, your mandible, and put it back in so we could actually continue this podcast here on the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network. So now that that's out of the way, now that we're back, we're back in the saddle again. Uh, I did want to catch up on a little bit of the news for the Miami Dolphins that we just haven't been on the air to talk about. Let's let's go back in our way back machine here. You touched on a couple of these things here. Number one, who is our best defensive player on the Miami Dolphins, would you say? Best defensive player right now is a tie, I would say. Oh, God. Now it's Baker or McMillan or Wilkins or Charlton. They've all been playing lights out. Well, okay, I was thinking Xavier Howard, but I understand what you're saying. You're talking about current active oh, players. Oh, current, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course it's Xavier Howard. But that kind of goes to my point here. If, if you if you are living under a rock or for some reason you broke your jaw and your eyes and you haven't been able to watch anything for the Miami Dolphins, Xavier Howard placed on IR, done for the season. Uh, personally, Chris, I shrugged my shoulders at this move. I think he could have come back if this was a competitive game or competitive team that maybe had a shot at making the playoffs at some point. But since we aren't, I think you shut him down. He's already getting paid. You've already paid him. You don't have to worry about him going anywhere. I think this is a smart move for the Miami Dolphins. Hey, you know what? Go get yourself healthy, rest up, write this season off, come back next season when we're going to be a little bit more competitive. What say you? Yeah, I, I agree with it. I mean, I, I kind of hate it because you want to see a good guy play. Sure. And you saw what he did with the Steelers. Uh, but we have to think logically here and realistically. We're already at seven losses. It's like – do do you send him out there? Look at Preston Williams. You 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 lose him for half of next season already. Yeah. Uh, because of an injury. Do you fault that or risk that with Xavier Howard? Because I'm not kidding. And I say this to everybody that I talk to about the Dolphins. Anytime I work, when I say I'm a Dolphin fan, oh, you guys are terrible. I get it. Yeah, we are. We're, we're trying to be terrible. But here's the thing: we can have a very quick turnaround. Three first round picks, two second round picks. All that cap room. I mean, it literally. This could be a eight to nine win team uh, next year. So you need Xavier Howard, and and it, it, if we're gonna have him, and he has a couple picks, but it, you risk him getting injured this year, and what we win another game, maybe like, and you're two and fourteen. What the fuck was the point? You, you don't risk that with that kind of guy. No, I agree with you. So we uh, we 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 lose Xavier Howard to injury, quote unquote. We lose Mika Fitzpatrick to a trade. We also lose mm. his former Alabama uh, teammate there, Kenyon Drake, also to a trade to the Arizona Cardinals, where he went off against the undefeated San Francisco 49ers last week. Chris Kenyon Drake over 100 yards gets himself a couple of touchdowns. Uh, who knew if you give him the ball and a somewhat decent offensive line that he could do what he did? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Kenyon Drake trade? I think we got a what a sixth rounder that could be a fifth depending on a couple of uh escalators there well if the games any all the rest of the games are anything like halloween night we're gonna get a fifth because he's playing out of his mind on thursday so it's one of those things where you get mad and you're like why do you trade a guy how do you not use this guy but there's rumors out there that literally we texted his agent with a contract offer and he said quote new number who dis yeah i heard about end that. quote so yeah. 
what what, what do you do? What do you do? Like honestly, as as a franchise, as a team, as a coaching staff, he was already on his way out. If Gase was going to be our coach, all of a sudden he's on a tanking team. Um, I, I find it interesting that he's like not willing to wait one more year to possibly play with Tua, another Alabama line, uh, quarterback. But here we are. We text his agent very immaturely answers and it, when it, we've just talked about how this team is progressing with this coaching staff and with this front office in place if that's your response as an agent just you're gone like you you don't keep the guy he's a cancer in the locker room if that's the case um he's the last of that group of ajayi landry drake that were uh really vocal and things like that in the locker room and and they're just going to get rid of those guys and that's okay now did we get what I would like to for him, especially based on that one sample size of uh, what he can do, which we, we know what he could do. We knew sure. exactly what he can do, Kenyon Drake, um, as fans and even as coaches and things like that. But just this year wasn't the time. Like he just – we don't have the line. We don't have the, the ability if we're down big to run the ball and give him reps. Let him go to, to the Cardinals. He's in the NFC. We'll see him once every four years. Um, the coach there with Kyler Murray is just licking his chops to get this type of, type of talent for a sixth-round, possibly fifth-round pick. So it's a win-win technically for both. But we get another draft pick. Here we go. And we we get rid of him. We, we got him off the team. When you have that type of response, when you try to extend your contract, what else can you do, Sam? Your hands are tied. Well, your hands are tied, and I I don't think he was going to be here long-term. He's a free agent at the end of this season. As you said, it sounds to me like the the agent was really just doing the dirty work for Kenyon Drake, right? Keep Kenyon clean. He's got the image that he's got to portray. The agent does that little bullshit that he apparently did. Yeah, you got to get rid of him. And he wasn't going to do anything for the Miami Dolphins. So you trade him elsewhere, and you wish him farewell, and you say thank you for the Miami miracle. And I think that's all you can really do. It did look weird where, what is he, number 42? on 42 the 42 or 41. Yeah, yeah. 41. Like it, it's preseason. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this, a safety? Who is this guy? I don't. I, that was a little <laughs> bit weird watching that. But uh, Kenyon Drake moves on. Uh, we get a fifth or sixth round pick. I would have liked to have seen it be a fourth, but you know yes. what? It, it wasn't going to happen, so it didn't happen. Uh, moving on to the next transaction, speaking of defensive backs, uh, Akib Talib, once known mm-hmm. as the best defensive back in the NFL, uh, out injured until I think week 16. Uh, we get Akib Talib from the Los Angeles Rams, as well as I believe a fifth round <laughs> pick, if I'm not mistaken. And in return, I think we give uh, we gave them a thank you note. I'm not sure what we gave the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> for Akib Talib and his uh, necklace yanking uh, antics. But Akib Talib has even come out and said, "Hey, I'm good enough to play. When I come off IR, I will let you know if I'm going to play for the Dolphins or not." So <laughs> it seems to me here, Chris, that we basically traded for a draft pick and not necessarily the yeah. veteran presence of Akib Tlaib. Sam, you're, you're a basketball fan, as am I. Um, we are doing something unprecedented here as an NFL franchise. We are being an NBA franchise. We are tanking purposely. We are benching guys when they're healthy, healthy scratches to make sure we lose. And we are trading for draft picks and taking yeah. on cap and taking on cap. That's what we're doing. We just literally got their fifth-round pick 
in return to take on the cap because we have the cap space. They were very limited after the Jalen Ramsey trade where we take on a keep to leave and let him be. And I, <laughs> I tweeted this on Sunday, Sam. I said I, I, I tweeted and I quote, I can't wait for this fucking timeline to be over because a keep to leave was an analyst for <laughs> Fox Sports on Sunday. <laughs> and we just traded for him. Like, it's just the weirdest timeline, the weirdest team, the weirdest season. <laughs> we just traded for an analyst. Like, that'd be like literally we just got a fifth round pick for Tony Gonzalez. Like, like yeah. why would we trade for a keep to leave? But. It's just literally to take on a cap. He's gone next year, and we got a fifth-round pick. So here we are, again, collecting those mid-round draft picks where, just note to everyone, I know he hasn't played much this year, but I love him to death. He's a Dolphin for life. Rashad Jones was a fifth-round pick. Yeah, uh, Zach Thomas was a fifth or later round pick. Like th- These guys can still make huge differences and be big players, and we did it just by – Taking on a Fox analyst. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're going to take on Fox analysts, I hope we get Howie Long as a defensive end and we can get bring Jimmy Johnson back as a head coach and Michael Strahan as the other defensive end. I think that'd be a pretty good defense right there. Uh, and then maybe Terry Bradshaw can uh, relieve Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're about the same age anyways. Um, you're right. I, I mean, look, a fifth-round pick doesn't seem like much, but uh, Zach Thomas, fifth-round pick, like you said, um, uh, Rashad Jones, fifth-round pick, and Preston Williams looked no further than the current roster, undrafted. Yeah. So you can find gems and nuggets deep and late and sometimes outside of the draft. So uh, look, Well, not uh, only that, Sam, it takes – we have like three or four fifth-round picks, and that's where these bundling of picks becomes yeah. a trade asset yep. where, yeah, we can give you two fifths and a third to move up – 30 spots in the second round to get somebody we can do it because we're getting this ammunition for basically literally nothing we just took on a a keep to leaves fox contract and we got their fifth round pick that's huge (laughs) well there you go so keep to leave a member of the miami dolphins and the fox sports one broadcast uh look at him getting a double paycheck good for him uh kenyan drake is gone xavian howard is out for the season uh what else any other any other things that i got something for you sam i do i I got something for you this is going to be interesting i want to about this before we went on the air i knew we were going to record tonight um if you had to pick gun to your head right now mm. who would you say a uh, one in seven team who would you say is the mvp of the miami dolphins Ooh, so right now if the season were to end today at the halfway point right. one in seven the mvp of the miami dolphins now you're talking players only of course yeah okay so i'm gonna say uh, and now you want the honest answer, or do you want like the long term? You know who who because the, no, the answer- just who who in eight games has has been the most valuable player for the Miami Dolphins through eight weeks. Well, I, I'm honestly going to say it's uh, it, it's the it's the two uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum that you were talking about, Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan. I think it's a it's a toss up. Mm. Both of those guys on on the defensive side have played much better than I think anticipated, especially McMillan having just had a fantastic season uh, there as a linebacker for the Miami Dolphins, especially on a one and seven team. I think on offense, if we're talking about offense, I would go Preston Williams. I think yes. he's been the lone bright yep. spot um, with believe it or not, believe it or not, Devonte Parker, uh, Devonte Parker. Parker right it. behind yeah. him, it, and and that is uh, that is nothing that I thought I would say with any right. serious tone in my voice in 2019. Well, and that's why I asked because it, it is an interesting and it's funny because literally, and I'm not just saying this because we're we're, we're hosting together and we've d- been doing this a while, but those are my fucking four right there: Baker, McMillan, AB. One A, one B, and then Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. They've been unbelievable this year. Like Devontae Parker drops that one straight in his hands last week, 
and, and we're like, what the fuck's happening? And then like four plays later, he makes this unbelievable while getting manhandled in the end zone, one-handed catch for a touchdown. And you're like, this fucking guy is a great receiver. Like you just needed a quarterback to just give him a chance to throw him the fucking football. And that's what they're doing. And um, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker on the offensive side of the ball have made each other better. Now it's time for Wilson and Grant to step up. Gusecki stepped up last week big time. Yep. He's definitely not an MVP talk at all, but a great game. Finally, they're using him, and you could tell he was pumped. You can tell he wanted to really give it to Gase for being underutilized last year. And then on the defensive side, McMillan and Baker, those are the guys that you want to build a defense around or those types of players. So it is good to see. And like we already talked about earlier, this is those are the small little guys, two, three, four guys right there that seem like there's individual players with 22 players total offense and defense that are progressing this team. And you're like, how are they doing it? Because you got leaders like that in the core. Well, and uh, I'm going to shout out another guy on defense who uh, you'd mentioned just a little bit ago, but uh, I, I think has been very valuable to the Miami Dolphins and was a very under-the-radar type of pickup for anybody that wasn't paying attention. And that, of course, is Taco Charlton, yes. who uh, already has more sacks than Charles Harris. Um, had a, Almost <laughs> had himself Christ. a defensive touchdown, except for the fact that he remembered that he's supposed to be an underachieving defensive end, so he kicked the ball <laughs> out of the end zone and got himself a sure safety did. instead of a touchdown. But Taco Charlton uh, looks like a guy who is going to stick here for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, he just seems to fit with what uh, with what uh, Brian Flores and the and the defensive <laughs> coaches are doing here. Dude, Sam, you, you mentioned it, and you just got me excited. If you can tell, I just called you dude. Um, him and Robert Nimdichi, like, and I know I didn't say his name right, and that's fine. That's par for the course here on Perfectville. But those guys, if we can get anything from those guys who are literally – basement bottom barrel pickups and if we can get them to be stalwarts on our defense guys that show up and help us like that's how you build teams and that's what the patriots do they take guys that are undrafted they or or like they're cut from other teams that are underutilized or not used the correct way and they pick them up for cheap and, and and they utilize them and then surround them with first round picks with the Mayos with with, with the, um, the 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 Gilmores and these guys that are like first second third round picks with the draft picks they get paired with the guys that are like the the, the cast outs you know the un, unwanted toys for example from from um, uh, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer you know like the Toy Island where like these toys are just cast off sure how can we take these guys and use them differently and actually get their skill set to really shine. And, and if we can take those guys, the Beagles, the Charltons, the Nimdichis, and then pair them and put guys next one with Wilkins and Baker and McMillan and then our future thir- three first-round picks, that's how you build a core roster without breaking the bank because three of those guys are on vet minimums because they're, yeah. they're cut. They're, they're, they're traded. They're cut guys. That's how you build a team that's consistently successful. Well, and and one of those guys, you're absolutely right, is a cut guy. Uh, the Miami Dolphins actually cut Robert Ndichie, I believe, today here, Chris. So she will not. Christ. <laughs> so as, <laughs> as beautiful and poetic as that was, uh, he returns to the island of lost toys because he is no longer <laughs> on the Miami Dolphins. Hypothetically, a player like him. <laughs> but I under that's where I was going. Is I, but a player like a Robert Ndichie or whatever his name is. Uh, but I understand what you're saying there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I think Taco Charlton's been fantastic, and you get him at a bargain basement price. He's a reclamation project. He's happy to be here. He's excited to be in a place where his talents can actually be showcased, featured, and enhanced. And uh, he's going to play hard for Brian Flores and everyone else as long as 
jerseys here is what it seems like, though. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think those four are the MVP for the Miami Dolphins here in 2019. I'm interested to see how Devontae Parker does the second half of this season now that his uh, his peanut butter to his jelly is out with a torn ACL. Um, I don't know if he regresses or if he stays where he's at, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what Devontae Parker does from this point forward for the rest of the season, especially, Chris, since I have Devontae Parker on just about all of my fantasy teams, which leads me to the okayest fantasy league ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, uh, big news here this week in the okayest fantasy football league <laughs> ever. And, of course, I am talking about the fact that uh, somebody changed their name to um, I Thought We are Tanking, uh, which is a fantastic <laughs> Miami Dolphins-related fantasy football team. And, of course, the other news, Easy Drake Oven, a, a, a team name that probably needs to be changed here, a.k.a. the Chris Colon team, is now two and seven. Reason to celebrate your second victory on the year. You're no longer in last place by yourself. You now have Fiedler fan along with you at two and seven. Chris, what's it feel like to to just share the bottom of the barrel with another team here in fantasy? Well, actually, Sam, to to look at it, and yes, we have the same record, but technically, I'm not in last place. So, how am I feeling? I'm feeling styling. Profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling the dealing, son of a gun. Woo! Easy Drake Oven EDO is no longer in the goddamn nature boy basement. Well, there you go. Congratulations on your second victory of the season. Of course, my team, 99 Problems But a Fits Ain't One, is sitting at (laughs) 6-3. First in terms of overall record in my, in the Eastern Division. Uh, Second in that uh, division to, um, I thought we were tanking. And of course, Dolphins mode, just pounding everybody into oblivion with eight and one record. Uh, Unbelievable. But uh, there you go. If you guys haven't checked it out, you can check out in the link of this podcast here. Check out all the shit talking going on on the message board. Check out the rankings that are going on every single week uh, by our members out there. And we just got a lot of Dolphins talk football going on in this league. It's a fantastic league. We're going to be expanding this league next year. I've made the decision here, Chris. We're going to go to uh, at least two more teams, if not more than that. I think this is going to be a fantastic big thing that we're doing moving forward. This has been a wonderful success. So uh, kudos to everyone in the league. It's been one of the funner leagues that I've been a part of in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, the interaction is fantastic. Um, If I can ask or suggest we move to Yahoo, that'd be great because I never check my ESPN app and then I go, oh, yeah, I'm in that league. And then I look and that fucking shit, everybody's been talking for days. But that being said, I I think, honestly, we should look into getting some kind of like a Ronde Bagston like wrestling championship belt that gets sent to the winner every year. And if they're all fans of the show, which they should be, and we handpick them, Regardless, we, we can even get like just the Kmart brand, the $20 one, who knows, and we can just sign it, uh, our names or something, and like whoever wins the next year, you send it to them and pay the shipping and kind of pay it forward. That'd be cool. Um, kind of like the Shiva Bowl, you know, in, in the league, that'd be fun, like the, the, the trophy with the, the ball sack and said we have the uh, Around A Baxton. That'd be great. Yeah, I appreciate you spending all my money and uh, shipping and uh, handling there, Chris. I, I I really do appreciate <laughs> I that. I literally will pitch in for that. That'd be great. I think it'd be fun. Uh, it's a good idea. I mean, anytime we can interact with the citizens of Perfectville, it's a good time. And uh, it makes me happy, Chris. And speaking of happy, uh, we can't do Misery Loves Company this week because the Miami Dolphins freaking won. And not only did they win, but they beat the New York Jets. So... 
instead of misery loves company, we've got happy, happy, joy, joy. The, the Miami Dolphins and the fan base is stimulated. They're aroused. They are ready to go. But they're not the only ones there in the NFL that are happy this week, Chris. We have happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens that beat the crap out of the Miami Dolphins in week one of the season actually went ahead and beat the crap out of the New England Patriots, knocked them down from all that talk of being the undefeated champion New England Patriots this year. It ain't going to happen. Yes, they're probably going to win the Lombardi Trophy for the seventh time in the Tom Brady era. Yes, we're going to have to begrudgingly announce that the New England Patriots are probably the greatest dynasty in NFL history. But no, they will not go undefeated here in 2019 because the Baltimore Ravens, Chris, went happy, happy, joy, joy all over the backs of the New England Patriots on Sunday night and beat the New England Patriots and knocked them down from the ranks of the unbeaten. Oh, good one. That's a very good one. I'll go with my happy, happy, joy, joy, Ren and Stimpy style. And I'm going to go right here with a team that was projected to be in the least AFC championship game and possibly the Super Bowl. But all know their starting quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, dislocated his fucking knee. So in Ouch. all reality, Sam, of course, your team's going to be terrible after that. Is that right? Obviously. Obviously. Not when you have Matt Moore as your fucking quarterback. He was a scout for the Miami Dolphins this offseason, literally at the combine with his Keanu Reeves wannabe hair and his horrible teeth, and he was <laughs> scouting for the Miami Dolphins, and now he's throwing touchdown bombs to Tariq Hill and beating a very good Minnesota Vikings team. He is going out after the game and, like, shoulder-bumping Pat Mahomes, who dislocated his knee again. Folks at home listening, Pat Mahomes dislocated his knee yes. two weeks ago, and he's jumping in the air, thrusting his chest into Matt, Matt Moore chest of all people and here's the best part sam <laughs> home for lunch today i'm home for lunch today watching nfl now on nfl network and if pat mahomes can't go they had to make sure to let us know that yes matt moore's still the starter because chad henny just came off of ir and is available but matt moore will start over chad henny as Pat Mahomes backup. Sam, my mind is blowing. There's a possibility that we can have a Ryan Tannehill versus Matt Moore with Chad Henney as backup game this Sunday, and I don't think my fucking scrotum can handle the pressure of my balls right now. No, I mean, that is that is, that is making the brain of every collective Miami Dolphins fan out there just, just melt. Completely fucking... Melt. You just mentioned Ryan Tannehill, Chad Henney, and Matt Moore in a sentence in 2019. Two of those guys are going to be starting. The other one's going to be backing up two teams that actually have playoff aspirations. And none of those teams or any of those players involve the Miami Dolphins. What in the actual fuck is happening right now in the NFL? Uh, I can't even understand it. 20-plus starting quarterbacks since 1999. And they're all starting for other teams right now. And three of them are heavily involved in the game that really matters in the playoff picture, in a home field advantage picture for the playoffs. And we're sitting here with Ryan Patrick. And we're one in seven. Like, you can't make this shit up. 
and we're happy about the one and seven. It just doesn't make any sense yeah. whatsoever. That uh. is what the NFL is. That is what it's like in the life of a Miami Dolphin. And last but not least, the happy, happy joy, joy probably goes coincides with misery loves company. It's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you've got quarterback problems and you know that the Miami Dolphins are tanking for Tua and there's nothing you can do to secure the number one pick, what do you do? You go out and you play worse than the Miami Dolphins and you guarantee yourself a chance at the number one overall pick. The, the Miami Dolphins are 1-7, and seven, and admittedly, they're now ranked 29th on the power rankings, the only teams behind them being the Washington Redskins, who beat the Miami Dolphins, uh, the New York Jets, who lost to the Miami Dolphins, and of course, number 32, the winless, out-of-control Cincinnati Bengals. Number 32, they are officially the worst team, according to the NFL.com power rankings, in the NFL, which means that they are projected at this point to get the number one overall draft pick. And when you are getting the number one overall draft pick and you have quarterback problems and there is a generational talent at quarterback, you have to be happy to be 0-8 at this point. Do you not, Chris? Oh, of course. That's the dream. That is that is 100% the dream, and it's become our nightmare because we've wanted Tua since basically this time last year, and now it looks like, Chris, that the Miami Dolphins may miss out on Tua because they beat the New York Jets. But you know what? I think I'm okay with that because there's about seven other quarterbacks that the Miami Dolphins can hitch their wagon to and hopefully be successful. So we're going to see how this plays out because one of the things that's happening is that the Miami Dolphins are playing the Cincinnati Bengals later this year yes. in what's got to be one of the worst matchups, trumping only the Miami Dolphins versus Washington Redskins earlier this year, and of course the Miami Dolphins versus the New York Jets. That just happened. So we have ourselves And don't a forget, matchup. the Jets played the Bengals. And there you go. We have yet another awful game that I'm super intrigued <laughs> to watch. It's like the Boomer Esiason Bowl right there. The Jets and the Bengals. Ooh. This is fantastic. So I, I just, I'm loving how this is shaping up. I don't know what's going to happen. It's giving me something to root We said it would be entertaining, against. Sam. We said it would be an entertaining sa- season. We didn't say we'd win. We said it would be entertaining, and God damn it, it is. Mark the tape. Go back and check out the Ryan Fitzpatrick show. I don't remember what it's called, but it's, I think it was called the Beard Stravaganza or something like that. Yep. I, we said it right then and there. We don't know if they're going to win or lose, but it's going to be entertaining. And here we are going into week nine, and it's goddamn, or week 10, excuse me, and it's goddamn entertaining. So you're welcome, everybody. The Miami Dolphins have entertained you. And at the end of the day, that's what sports is. So you are entertained. And hopefully, hopefully, you were entertained by this return episode of Perfectville. So welcome back to Perfectville, all you citizens of Perfectville. Chris, good to see that your jaw is back into your head. I'm excited (laughs) about that. Uh, Real quick, what are your thoughts against the Colts? Do we win, do we lose, and what is the score? Uh, We lose. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett probably (laughs) be back, and uh, T.Y. Hilton might be back. So um, if those guys are out, there's a possibility, but we lose. Well, that's a bummer. I uh, I don't want us to lose, but uh, they are what five and three, and we are one and seven, and uh, they're a much better team than us. And Jacoby Brissett is actually a really, really good quarterback, as we've seen multiple times, whether it's with the Colts or the Patriots. I think we lose, and I think we lose a close one though, because we are getting better. I think we lose thirteen to ten. That's what I think. Yeah, I'll say twenty-one to seventeen. Well, there you go. And on behalf of Chris, the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Woo. and of course the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network, I am Sam Marcou. This has been Perfectville, and goodbye from Perfectville. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.